Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today we've got a story of pro revenge where somebody gets their bike cut in half and welded to a steel railing. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, breaking my lease. I got an option to buy a house, but still had until June on my apartment. When I gave notice, I shorted the notice, 60 days required, figuring they could turn over and rent the apartment sooner. Then I asked if they could give me a break on that 27 days or on the lease buyout, which was in the contract I signed. After being a longtime resident six years total, they said, sorry, nothing we can do. If we did it for you, we'd have to do it for everyone. So I have 30 days to pay the equivalent of three months worth of rent. The other thing that the complex did while I was there that I admit increased the level of petty I'm using is one time a rent check got misplaced in the mail. They hung a pay or vacate notice on my door open face without so much as a call. Now the petty. Using the online bill pay at my bank, I'll be sending them random check amounts over the next four weeks. Ten scheduled so far. On Valentine's, three checks ending in one cent, two cent, and four cent. The missing three cents will be a mental itch that never gets scratched. I figure it'll just tie up and irritate the office staff because they will have to manually process each check. And I'm leaving myself enough leeway if a check gets lost in the mail, I have time to reissue it. Opinion, too petty? I don't think it's too petty and a good thing to keep note, if you're in the position where you still have those keys, you make sure you still have those keys throughout the rest of that duration. They should not be allowed to bring cleaners in. They shouldn't be allowed to release that. You're still technically paying for it. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, don't want to honor your price match guarantee? Fine, I'll work around that and make you pay shipping cost two ways. So right before Black Friday last year, I ordered a center channel speaker from a website that used to have a very good reputation, but has since been bought by a foreign company and is now still riding in the old reputation, but from what I've read and experienced, has awful customer service. The speaker was $349 when I bought it, but there was a special logo on the page that stated that if the price went down for Black Friday, I would receive the difference in price. I was feeling trigger happy, so I bought the speaker. Sure enough, a couple of days later, the price went down to $199. I clicked on the customer service page to see what I needed to do to get my partial refund, and the site stated that it would happen automatically, but it might take 4-6 to six weeks for the money to be refunded. With the holidays coming up and my ADHD flaring, I decided to do nothing and wait for my money to eventually come back. I've checked every week or so since then, but no refund has been issued. Today I was dealing with a bunch of other stuff and in the mood to get stuff done, so I decided to contact customer support and figure out where my $150 was. I was told by the chat rep that there was nothing they could do because their policy was that you had to request a refund within 14 days in order to price match. I looked on their site, and while that is the current stated policy, I am sure of what I read before that they said they would automatically refund my money. 
but that it would take longer than 14 days. I did what I was told to do and got screwed because of it, or so they wanted me to believe. Turns out there are two things working in my favor. Number one, they have an extended return policy for the holiday season. So while I've been enjoying my speaker for the better part of almost three months now, I still have a full 11 days of time left to send it back and get a full refund. I decide I'm definitely doing that, even though I'm happy with the speaker and annoyed at the prospect of having to cram it back in the box with all the styrofoam and packaging materials. I'll just return it and buy something else, or maybe even the same speaker from a different site. I go and check Google to see if there's any current sales and… yep. Turns out the site I bought it for is actually selling it for $195 with free shipping. Hmm, so you're telling me I can order another speaker for $155 less than I paid for the other one, have it delivered in 4 days, and then start a return for the first one and get my money back? And you have to pay for the shipping cost of a 40 pound speaker both ways across the United States? Yep, should have just gave me back my $150. Cause this is gonna cost you a little extra, plus shipping, twice. Also, I don't have to hassle with boxing up my old speaker. I can just send them back the second one, and they'll never be able to tell the difference. If I'm feeling extra petty, I might just cut open the new box so they won't be able to sell it as unopened. We'll see how I'm feeling when it gets here. Not gonna lie, I've thought of doing something very similar when I saw that there was a promotion that started two days after I bought an expensive thing. I had purchased something expensive, and then two days after I purchased it, there was a buy this item and get a free other item with it promotion. If I bought a second one, I could get the promotion, mark the first one as a return, keep the item that got to me. It could work, but it was a little scummy. Our next story is, I ruined my upstairs neighbor's intimate time. I'm 20 years old and this is my first apartment. When I first moved in here, the upstairs neighbors were really quiet. I knew they were up there because I heard them hooking up the first night I was here and the name on the mailbox never changed. So I'm assuming that maybe someone moved in or something. Around April, the stomping began. I kept quiet about it because I was thinking maybe it was kids or a dog, but nope, it's a 50 year old man stomping like that. So I started taking videos and I complained to the landlord and her lazy butt didn't say anything, so it continued. I started growing more and more irritated because it would happen while I'm doing homework, during online job interviews, when I had migraines, I had a friend over, and when I was trying to make an audition tape for this job at the local theater as part of the ensemble. I didn't submit it because of the stomping in the background. I started banging my broom and playing loud music, but I don't want to annoy my other neighbors, so I decided to write a letter. I was anxious because I don't like confrontation, but this was the last thing I could do before I go absolutely berserk, because this time they woke me up at 3am, and it took me a while to be able to go back to sleep at 5am. I admit it did sound very passive aggressive, but in my defense, I was running off of 5 hours sleep because they woke me up again at 7am and I couldn't go back to sleep. They still stomp. So I decided to wait. I didn't know exactly when was going to be a good time, but I was going to wait. I prayed that the guy would stub his toe in the meantime and tonight I got my chance. I got up to use the bathroom and passed by my bedroom and heard some squeaking. I put my ear up to the wall to make sure it was my upstairs neighbors and not the ones next to me. It was. So I took my phone and played the first non-sexy song, Sign of the Times by Harry Styles. I saw, 
and got on my bed and started banging on the ceiling with my phone pressed against the ceiling, singing to the top of my lungs all 5 minutes and 41 seconds. It was the best 5 minutes and 41 seconds of my life. The best part of all of this is they hadn't hooked up in months. So yeah, no happy ending for him tonight. I feel bad for the lady, but he really only lasted 10 minutes, so it wouldn't be any different for her. I felt like these would be important details. Yes, I'm 20, but very antisocial. The only people who come over are my two friends, and it's never at the same time. So with that being said, I don't have parties. I'm the only black person living in this part of our building, and I don't like drawing attention to myself. My TV volume is never over 20, and the only time I blast music is when I'm in the shower and washing dishes, and then I turn it down when I'm done. I come from a very quiet home. It's so quiet I feel like I have to whisper. I learn to respect older people, and I don't really like doing any of this, but the guy is a racist as well as a stomper. So, no, I swear I'm not allowed, and I've never received any complaints, except that one time, when there was a weed smell coming from my apartment months prior, and that was the only time. I'm a social smoker. Getting revenge against the stomping is one thing, but then OP starts going into, like, how long the guy lasts, and it very quickly becomes, like, a kind of a creepy thing. Our next story is, am I in a hurry? Mess around and find out. This happened a few years ago at a gas station. I filled up and bought a car wash at the pump. The car wash was one of those with brushes where you can't move until the car wash stops. There wasn't anyone waiting, so I headed to the car wash. Suddenly a car cuts me off and stops, blocking the car wash. The driver went into the store. I honked and gave him a what the freak gesture. He gave me the finger and asked if I was in a hurry. He really should have waited for an answer because I had all afternoon. I went around and backed up to where the exit garage door would come down. I was a regular and I always talked about video games with the manager. He saw what happened and stopped the car wash. I got out of my car and started playing with my phone. The guy was livid. I wasn't worried. He couldn't get out of the car and even if he could, I'm a big guy and I know how to handle myself. Apparently the other guy is always trying to do that to his customers. That's not all. After about 15 minutes a couple of cops showed up because he called them. He gave them his story which was accurate. He added that his wife was sick and really needed whatever it was that was in the bag. One of the cops asked him about how long his wife was sick for. Before he could answer she said maybe two weeks. It was a statement not a question. The cop asked him if he remembered doing that to a purple Camaro. The purple Camaro was hers. She then told him to produce his paperwork and charged him with several traffic offenses she witnessed him doing because he pissed her off so much that she followed him around and started writing tickets. It honestly doesn't even surprise me that somebody scorned this police officer by cutting them off in traffic or whatever, or in a parking lot, and because of that they've been following this dude for two weeks racking up traffic offenses. Our next story is getting even with a racist boss who lived to torture me. This was a long time ago, but I remember it like it was yesterday. I worked in the regional branch of a bank and was in loans. The district manager had to move the head lender into our branch for observation because he had four processors quit on him within six months. So I was number five. This guy was hated at our bank. He treated fellow workers incredibly disrespectfully and was a flaming racist. One of his rants, not kidding, was that the bleeping Jews stole Passover from the Christians. So, also not so bright. Well, my district manager ended up loving him and he lived to drive me crazy. 
One day, he had this obnoxious singing tie that he played. I obviously cringed, so he decided to play it over and over and over in between customers, in between phone calls, and smiled huge because he knew I was absolutely silently seething. So I finally decided I had enough. I told him if he could go the rest of the day without playing it, I would buy him a case of literally any case of beer of his choosing. Anything. He immediately jumped on it and then spent the rest of the day musing out loud about what the most expensive beer was, max number of bottles, all the different ways he could gouge me the most, while laughing like it was the funniest thing ever. I silently took it and didn't say a single word, no matter how outrageous his comments. His constant, constant at my expense comments. After six and a half straight hours of this, the clock finally hit end of day. At that point, he jumped up and started telling me what he had decided his beer of choice would be, to which I replied, April's Fools. To say he was angry is an understatement. He didn't speak to me for a month, which was awesome. The district manager was equally enraged. Everyone else high-fived me for weeks. I ended up quitting not too long after, but I will admit it was so satisfying. Petty? Yes, but so deserved. This next story is, don't worry, I was a quiet kid and rather shy back in the day, especially in primary school. I was still somehow friends with the popular girls, but after a few years of friendship, one of the girls started to bully me even when the other girls stood up for me. She was blatantly obvious in her dislike towards me and the color of my skin. Sidebar, I was also one of the only darker skinned kids in the school, as I'm Filipino-Australian and the girls were very white. She called me all sorts of things and tried to exclude me from most group activities. She called me chocolate once, and to this day I still don't understand how that's an insult when most folks love chocolate. Here's my very simple and petty revenge. When I got my license at 18 years old, after having had my learner's permit for two years, my sister wanted me to drive her to the local Macca's, cause that's all she could think to go to once I got my license. We ordered food, paid, and went to drive to the pickup. Lo and behold, it's my bully at the third window. She doesn't recognize me, but I sure as heck recognize her, even though there was a huge noticeable change to her. She very bubbly, informing me that it'll be a while, and to park at the bay and she'll take the food to us once it's ready. My kid sister and I were waiting for a few minutes, when I see her approaching the car and very happily says, Here's your order guys, I'm so sorry about the wait. I would often tell the worker it's no worries. I'm happy to wait as I'm not a jerk to hospitality workers and hate seeing others who are, but this was just the perfect chance to get back at my bully. Instead of thanking her, I replied, don't worry Nat, you'll lose it. Her face went through all the motions. How does she know my name? Why is she talking about my weight? I'm going to cry. Oh my god, I know her. When I saw the recognition on her face, I told her it was great to see her again and drove off with a smile on my Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. I face. I think in this situation it's justified because it's not like... They're getting some crazy nuclear revenge against their longtime high school bully or something. This is just showing up somebody who was a jerk to you when you were kids. Our next story is publicly embarrassed and entitled driver. I needed to run to an outdoor shopping center on my lunch break the other day for some things. A couple years ago, an in and out was put in, which was a big deal here, and the lines were of course insane. Even now, they'll spill out onto the streets. Ever since they opened, though, In-N-Out has had an established way to enter the line with cars waiting in the center lane to turn left. To prevent people from holding up traffic by just stopping to turn right, or to try and drive straight across traffic from the other side of the street, which is where I was shopping. As I'm getting in my car, I see an unusually long line down at the stop sign. Now, this shopping center has heavily designed traffic directions, and you need to pick the right one to make sure you're not forced into leaving the wrong direction at the exits. So, I had to go up and wait. Somehow, the car at the front is still there, but now there's only two cars behind them. As I pull up, the SUV directly behind pulls up onto the curb to go around the front car, and then the next one back turns around to find another way. I'm unsure what's happening, so I pull up and see that directly across from us, the in and out line has reached the street. There are cars to my left in the left turn lane lining up as they're accustomed to, waiting to turn into the driveway when there's room to do so. And then there's this piece of crap in front of me. Kids in the back, passenger in the front, their elbow resting on their door as if they have all the time in the world and are completely oblivious to the traffic jam they're causing. I'm baffled and can feel the rage in my chest start to spread up the back of my neck. I'm waiting for over a minute as all these openings in traffic come and go and they still don't move or even seem to be paying attention. I cannot believe someone could be such a self-centered jerk to continue to casually sit and wait when there is obviously not a way for them to cross, as there's already a long line waiting and traffic is fairly busy in both directions, just completely oblivious to the cars behind them struggling to find a way out of the situation. I'm too close to pull out, there's cars behind me blocking me in, and I'm also just not about letting this clown keep this up. I'm sure my dash cam caught some really obnoxious, are you serious? 
is and move your butts from me in that moment. I could see the lady at the front of the line looking over at them, making a face similar to how I was feeling, and from what I could see looking through their back windshield, they were posted up and very comfortable trying to wait it out until someone felt forced to let them cut ahead of them in line. I resorted to the only thing I could do, short of getting out of my car and embarrassing myself worse. I laid on the horn and I didn't let off. It was so loud and unending, and it was actually not easy to keep it going longer than a few seconds without it cutting off. If you're ever in this situation, be prepared to keep a lot of even pressure on that witch, and maybe use two hands. We're right in front of a Chipotle. There's shoppers and cars and businesses all over on either side during the lunch hour. Everyone is stopping and their heads are turning. The people waiting in their cars for In-N-Out are all staring at the lead car now and some are laughing. I'm still seeing red. After about 12 seconds, which is an absolute eternity when you're drawing so much annoying attention to yourself, I see the driver in front of me start to panic looking around and suddenly turn their blinker on and pull out to find the end of the line and drive off. I see a couple smiles as I turn the other way to leave, but I'm too tunneled vision to not enjoy any embarrassment that might have finally occurred to them. Moral of the story, don't be the guy stuck waiting for someone else to get their head out of their butt. It's probably not going to happen organically. This next story is, you don't care? Neither do I. Our house is at a T intersection with the main road. There's a bunch of shops, plus a pizza place and a Persian place. There are no parking signs on either side of the street, since when you park in our street to just run in for a second, any car sitting at the light to the main street blocks up all traffic. This happens at least a dozen times a day. The miserable owners of the two places have literally ripped down the no parking signs. It's a constant struggle with the patrons and naturally the owners couldn't give a care. Sometimes I can shrug it off, yesterday I couldn't. The guy in the no parking spot came out at just the right time. I said, hey, please don't park here. When you do and someone hits the light, the street is literally blocked off. He says, and? I say, and it's a pain in the butt. Please don't do this. I'm asking nicely, what you don't always do. He says, yeah, I don't care. I say, well, God bless you and Jesus protect you then. He snorted and went to try to bang a K-turn, except I was right next to his car and walked at the same pace he was driving forcing him down the street, him rolling down the window, what the freak are you doing? Adopting a mincing little whiny voice, don't you know it's illegal to walk in the street? Me looking at him, I don't care, see how that works? He says you could get killed doing that. I say I don't care. I kept walking next to him until he had no other choice but to go straight and take the first right that he could. Was that a light threat that they threw in there at the end? You could get killed doing that? I love that OP was unwavering to their little threat there. Our next story is super petty revenge against my birth giver. So this happened over about a year ago now, but I used to live with my abusive slash neglectful mother who has BPD and codependence issues. As such, it's been my job since I was like nine to take care of her, my little brother, and dog. By the time I was 12, I completely gave up on life and thought it was a mislabeled heck hole. In 2019, my mom moved us, me, 16-year-old female, and my brother, 15-year-old male, into a hotel room and shoved everything we owned into a storage. Due to bad planning, we moved by ourselves, me and my brother, the whole apartment in a hurricane. 
We only had three days to do it, but the apartment let us stay another three out of pity. Lots of yelling and exhaustion later, we arrived to the hotel. Turns out me and my bro didn't pack toothbrushes in our suitcases. Out of one, panic, and two, being told that we were only going to stay for three days. It ended up being six months. At some point, my little bro was done. He and my mom got into a massive drag-out fight. He then moved out with my dad and he basically had to leave everything but the clothes on his back. I stayed longer under the illusion that things could change if I put in enough love. After I turned 17 though, I decided that enough was enough and decided to move in with my dad too. Now for the petty part. I promised to stay in till I was 18, but I had a plan. I was going to take as much stuff with me as I could. So I started to funnel as much stuff to my dad and bro as I could. I took movies and things my brother couldn't take with him. Things I wasn't supposed to take, but did anyway. To be honest, she'll probably never notice, as she was slash still is a hoarder and has like three storages worth of stuff. But I grabbed those movies and as much stuff for my brothers as I could. And as petty and insignificant as it was, I'm proud of it. I have that movie collection still. It's out in the open, and she's come over, but she never noticed it. Isn't it sad when two kids can bond over how bad their parent is? Our next story is, Produce manager wanted me to file a false first aid report. I guess he shouldn't have said that part out loud. Well, here's one. I had a manager in a produce department I worked. This guy was something else. Had been there since he was a young guy and was large and in charge and got away with a lot of BS. He was a workplace bully and really had a target on me, but would also lay it on others, getting the young kids who worked there to be his little slaves. I work them hard were his words once. I have many, many stories of that department in store. I could write a book, but I'll cut to the chase. One day on one of his tirades against management because they told him to do his job, he was venting at me. He was threatening to quit, calling his boss all sorts of nasty and being a craphead. He says to me, I'm just going to pull the wrong pallet and hurt my back. I'll get you to fill out the report, and I'm out of here. Now, I was enjoying seeing him melt down, but when he said that, I just went along with him. Empathy, sympathy, apathy, and all the lip service. But I knew him, his games, and I kept what he said in my mind. I also went to the management upstairs and asked to be taken off the first aid duty sheet. I told them that due to all the calls I was handling, I needed a break for a bit and let the younger guys get some action. I was level 3 with experience, so everyone would bypass other FAs who had level 1 and call me, which really pissed my manager off. Produce manager would come down to the first aid room, barge in, and demand I get back to the floor, all while I'm wrapping a cut hand from the deli department. Now, being off the roster meant that I was under no obligation to render any aid. And I couldn't tell the big boss about his plan because the boss wouldn't back me up. If it was any catastrophe or serious injury, I would jump in regardless of roster status. I'm a jerk, not a hole. Some months after, I came in for my closing shift around noon. Mr. Manager comes to me all sad and doe-eyed. I hurt my back this morning and I need your help. Can you write up a report? He tells me that he, surprise, pulled a pallet and hurt his back at 7.30 that morning. A golden gift was given to me that day. I told him that I was sorry, I was off the duty roster, and he would need to call one of the other attendants. Also, I reminded him that he should have reported it right after it happened, 
and that could influence a denial of any claims. Well, I heard him sputter and I saw that look on his face. I can't describe it, but it was like he had been deflated. Utterly deflated that he couldn't get a visit from the compensation fairy. I had a great rest of the day, and down the road, I would make subtle remarks of how it was a shame he still had to come into work. It was a shame to have to be so underhanded and sneaky, but that's the way it was in that small town. The only grocery store too, so kinda hard to get true justice. Had I done what he wanted, I could have lost my certification, gotten fired, and maybe even charged. This guy really wanted to cause me trouble, so I always had to cover my butt, and our big boss didn't care about anything except a cheeseburger. I know this has been long-winded, my first real post, but I greatly enjoyed that moment and will remember it with a smile. This guy just clearly had to have, like, no social awareness skills. I mean, if they were aware of how people probably felt about them, surely they wouldn't go around telegraphing their secret intentions and plans, right? Our next story is, guy stole from us, got his bike cut in half, welded upside down, and to a steel railing. This happened in the last century and just came back as a long lost beloved memory. To make a long story short, this guy who lived around the block from us in Oxford, UK, robbed our apartment. He openly bragged about it in the pubs, so there was no doubt about it. He had an old-fashioned baker's bike. A big old metal monstrosity with an enormous basket on the front for the bread had some delivery gig going on. He locked it to the steel railings outside his house every night. My friend and roommate Neville was a welder, so we went over to the perp's place at 3am and cut his bike in half, welded it back together only upside down, and then welded it onto the railings via the chain he used to lock the bike. Neville, if you're reading this, it's been years, please DM me. I just love the visual of this guy getting up in the morning, going to get their bike, and wondering what kind of weird wizardry happened overnight where their bike is upside down and melded to this steel railing. Not quite the full revenge a thief deserves, but it's pretty good too. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.